Good morning and welcome to another episode of AI Daily. We're back again today. I'm your host, Connor, joined by Ethan and Farb. with another three great stories. First, we have Meta's iJeppa, and then we have Hugging Face and AMD, and then we have a new Beatles song. Um, first up, I... Here first, yeah. You heard it here first, guys. First up, iJeppa is the first AI model based on Jan LeCun's vision for more human-like AI. Uh, it's called iJeppa because it's joint embedding predictive architecture. And the really interesting part here is that instead of a normal, like, instead of how a normal transformer would go over images by exactly pixels, this model is completely different because it has its own internal abstraction of how models work, of how the real, real world works, exactly kind of like the human brain works. Farb, you've read into this some, what do you think about this? You know, I think we talked about this before. This is another example of trying to do more with the same amount of computation and applying this sort of human model to create an efficiency that wasn't there before. I think they trained it on, you know, a handful or a, a dozen GPUs in like 72 hours, kind of wacky numbers, you know, compared to you know, what you would have saw a, a year ago or even just three months ago. So that that's the, you know, I think a big takeaway there is that it's a much more efficient model, allows you to do a, a lot more with the GPUs than you would have otherwise been able to do. And it does so by sort of trying to copy what humans do. It's a really in interesting approach. And it, it, it's cool to see that the human mind is not totally inefficient yet. Yeah, it achieves state-of-the-art performance on ImageNet, which is a classification <laughs> benchmark, and only a tenth of the GPU hours as other similar models would do. So it's a pretty big jump. Ethan, what does it mean to have a jump like this in a model? Yeah, I think it's clear that this model is better. Um, it's cheaper to train. It's more efficient. It's getting state-of-the-art representations. But like you said, their entire vision with this model is to really fix some of the core problems in generative models. So in a generative model, you're saying, hey, I want you to generate this picture. And as you're training it, you know, you're hiding a piece of the picture and it's trying to figure out what could be in that section. And it has a lot of problems. Most definitely people have always seen the problem with hands, right? So you have stable diffusion, you're generating hands and it pops out six, seven fingers. So this kind of at the meta layer is saying, hey, these models don't understand common sense at the end of the day. They don't have an abstract representation of what the rest of the image is. So instead of doing that kind of generative approach, what Jeppa is doing is it's instead saying, hey, here's this piece of the picture. Guess what is in the rest of the picture now? Mm -hmm. So in this type of architecture, in this type of model, you're trying to improve what does it mean for these things to actually understand the world? And that's what they mean when they say, hey, these models, we're trying to embed this world model into it, right? We're trying to let it understand common sense, abstract reasoning. So instead of these pixel perfect, hey, fix this section of an image, fix this section of an image. It's like, no, what else is in the image? Um, so a really cool model. This is their first implementation of it. But I think we're going to see these types of models go across video and possibly even go across text. Um, it's a really interesting way of trying to tackle this common sense problem. Yeah, a person's brain, if you're painting a portrait, they don't see someone's wrist and then go, okay, pixels, pixels, pixels. They have the abstraction of wrist next to hand, five fingers. So again, hopefully this type of model, like you said, will help with more intricate problems and intricate details like that. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Next up, we have Hugging Face and AMD partnership. Uh, Hugging Face is working with AMD to bring AMD GPUs directly into the Hugging Face platform. This is a pretty new 
type of deal. Usually all these AI companies are working with NVIDIA because CUDA has such a big performance update over AMD. It's way easier to work with and the GPUs are a lot better. Ethan, you've talked about before on the podcast how AMD GPUs are really difficult to work with. What do you think this means for, for AMD? Yeah, well, we have two pieces going on here, right? We have the chip shortage that every startup and AI company is dealing with. And then you have AMD over here who has the factories and kind of has the chips, but is not really connected to the AI community as much. They've done a lot of gaming work. Their frameworks aren't ready. So I think it's a really interesting partnership. Um, Hugging Face's goal is to get a lot of these main transformer architectures, you know, like BERT and like Stable Diffusion and wave to vec some of the audio models. They're saying, hey, we want to get these working on AMD. AMD is going to provide us a bunch of GPUs. So it's really a match made in heaven, I think. Hugging Face is such a critical part of the AI community and AMD needs to get going in AI. So exciting. Yeah, I think we predicted this when we spoke about AMD last time. Not that it's a bold prediction, but, you know, people kind of, if you'd written off AMD, I think you'd be sort of m- mistaken. There's there's too much opportunity here. They have too much sort of already set up. And this is an example of, you know, will this be AMD plus the open source community versus NVIDIA and the closed source community? Pro- probably not, but it's fun to imagine some drama in the AI world. I would bet that AMD is going to, you know, come a long way here in probably a pretty short time. Uh, And I think, you know, for some reason, it just made me sort of think of the, there was a time when people had sort of written off Apple for Microsoft. You know, they were like, well, Apple will never catch Microsoft. Apple is, you know, a small company compared to Microsoft. And, you know, if you look at it now, well, they're, you know, Apple's, probably twice the value of Microsoft these days or, or, or something around that. So don't write off AMD. They have a ton of potential. Uh, the open source community, you could see come flying flock around this to solve the problem and accelerate these solutions rapidly in a very short amount of time. It's a very nice product base too. Some people have kind of not rid them off, but see them as like, oh, they're the open source guys. They do some open source models. They might host your model code. No, a lot of people don't see them as super serious because they're not like making their own huge models or making their own huge ML ops platforms. But working with AMD in a very serious partnership is also good for rocking face. So, okay. Well, lastly, we have the Beatles song. We have Paul McCartney saying he's creating one final Beatles song, creating John Lennon and his last songs of last voice. Um, apparently he used AI to extricate Lennon's voice from a cassette player that Lennon gave him. Ethan, what do, you, what do you think about this? What's your thoughts here? I think it's absolutely amazing. And I'm super excited to, you know, I wish we could play the song. It's, it's sitting here with me. I, we can't play it yet, but it's, it's amazing. You know, I, I think they, it, is, it is amazing and I'm glad they're doing it. And, and, and hopefully they'll just be Beatles songs forever, to be quite frank. You know, they, I think maybe they have to say this is the last one to get people excited or something. But the thing is, I think they've done this before. It seems like every 10 years, uh, Paul McCartney grabs John Lennon's voice with uh, and gets somebody to help them. And they, and they remake a new song or they sort of add Paul to some recording that John had done some time ago. Not that it's a bad thing. It's, it, it's an amazing thing. It's just kind of when I heard it, I'm like, wait, I, I thought this this happened ten, 10 years ago and that was the last, they said that was the last uh, Beatles song that was ever going to be published. So I think there will be many last Beatles songs published, uh, which is great for all of us. Uh, if you like the Beatles, which a lot of people do, obviously, I, 
I grew up, uh, you know, listening to them, even though they were long gone by the time I was growing up. But obviously their, their music has lasted a half a century or more. And it seems that somebody taught Paul McCartney how to use 11 labs. And that's about all you really need to do because Paul McCartney can do everything when it comes to music. He can play every literal instrument. He can produce the whole track. He can he can do whatever he wants. So help him get an 11 labs uh, account and, and the Beatles are back. It's starting to see another Black Mirror episode coming true. We finally have our, our last Ashley O soundtrack. So I'm excited. Um, New Black Mirror season coming on the 15th, I think. You heard it here first, folks. We we're, breaking, we're breaking the news. Cool. We'll cover that on what we're saying tomorrow. Um, speaking of what we're saying, what have you guys been seeing? Well, I saw this. Uh, they're applying Adobe Firefly to video now. It, I'm, I've almost like not even looked into it too much because I'm, I'm filled with nervous, excited energy about it. Uh, AI and video, I think is, you know, film is the most visceral art form. It is the combination of every other art form from choreography to music, to language, to, you know, pictures. It's, it's, it's everything put together. So the impact on, you know, entertainment and just what you can do to influence other people through this medium of, of film and, and video can't be understated and, and to create a technology that democratizes people's ability to create compelling video content uh, again can't be understated i think and this is going to be the obsession of a lot of people for many many years for sure ethan have you been saying uh yeah mistral ai out of france has raised 113 million dollar seed rounds at a 260 million dollar valuation um congrats to them i, I think some people were you know, a little like, oh, they're pre-product and X, Y, Z. These are huge seed rounds. A lot of this money is going to go to GPUs. I think we're seeing a lot of these kind of individual like, companies at a country level. You know, we have stability over in Britain. We have Mistral now in France. We have China making different ones. A lot of this money is going to go to GPUs. I think it's a fantastic team. So, yeah, just wanted to point out congratulations to Mistral. And we'll see some more competition at the foundation model level. Go Mistral. Go Mistral. Yeah, so that Vercel is launching a six-week AI accelerator. So Vercel, of course, is probably the best way to build applications on the web. And now they're working with Anthropic, Banana, Chroma, Cohere, Eleven Labs, Face, Modal, Pinecone, Replicate, Stability, Langchain, and OpenAI, offering between the 12 of those $850,000 from credits to, I think, 40 people they're going to let in. Um, so not a huge amount of money, but it's exciting to have a mix of dynamic platforms for whoever they let in to choose from. So very exciting to see what comes out of it. Startup Week in AI, here it comes. <laughs> very true. Okay, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, have a great day tomorrow. Have a great day today. And we'll see you guys tomorrow.